Hey, welcome back to Bad Gigs Podcast uh, with me, Alan McElroy. Thanks to all those that listened and downloaded the first episode and the feedback has been lovely and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so here's the second one. This is with one of the hardest working comics around, one of my favourite comedians and people, Nick Rado. This one is split into two halves, uh, mainly because we covered loads uh, the first half, we talk about his beginnings in the comedy scene in the UK, uh, United Kingdom, and his worst gig there, which is really funny. And then the second half, we talk about his comedy career in New Zealand, New Zealand, with another hilarious bad gig story. This whole chat turned into something more than a laugh about bad gigs. He has great advice for anyone starting out in comedy and also emceeing, hosting gigs. He's a comic that I've always found is wanting to help and encourage his peers and he gives a lot in this episode which is really good. Uh, so let's jump in for the first half. This was recorded in a beer garden in Northcote, Auckland which as we're in lockdown again now, a beer garden is an absolute dream to me. Uh, but there is background noise and some wind later on, I apologise. Wind from the air, not from the bum bums. But I enjoy doing the chats in in uh, public places, like the first one. Uh, it makes it more informal and relaxed. And also, I had my dog with me. Uh, that's relevant because at some stage he shakes his head and he has chops his face like Beethoven the dog in the movie. He's got all these moist slaps from his face and it sounds like a group of 14-year-olds watching dirty films for the first time in their lives uh, also as i'm setting up to record and i left it recording at the start uh I, I something i do you know in case we said something interesting and he did we talked about how we at 22 years old wouldn't be into our material now i kept that in because it's important to know as a comedian that you can't always please everyone in the crowd and the fact that we both agreed that we couldn't please our younger selves Proves that. So, enjoy. Uh, I'll jump back in the middle uh, to have a quick little chat because uh, my dog started causing trouble. So, in the meantime, enjoy and I'll talk to you soon. Bye! Yeah. You just read the comments and stuff and you just like... Everyone's going, oh, this is funny, this is funny. And there's one person who's just like... I wouldn't take comments from that guy. I saw him at the gala for free and he didn't make me laugh once. And oh. then I was like... But then I just saw it and I wanted to comment. I was like... Um, like, I always, when I see that, I always want to just go, love your work. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I looked and I saw, I went onto his um, thing, and it's like, this 22-year-old kind of kid who uh, is from Wigan. Yeah. And I just I was like, well, you're going to hate my comedy. Yeah, that's not, it's for, not for you. you. Yeah. It's not for you. you know, I would hate my comedy at 22. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't I want to listen Wigan. to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to listen to me at 22. <laughs> I, I didn't want to listen to anyone at 22. No, exactly. And so, I don't know, it's uh, it's an interesting now, but now it gets to the point where I don't really care. And it's actually really quite liberating. Yeah. Uh, and even like with reviews and stuff, like I had some people come... Uh, to my want to come to my Wednesday show and they said oh uh, so I put all the media through me yeah and then so like who wants to come and so I've had like loads of people want to come and I just said oh yeah you can um, here's a ticket here's a ticket yeah thing, yeah yeah, yeah. you can buy a ticket if you want yeah. to review it and then they don't come yeah but I don't need any reviews yeah like, I've got all my quotes reviews are you know? redundant after a while if you have a good video on yeah. on social media then that's all you fucking need exactly 
You did you start doing comedy in in the UK? Uh, so I started June the first, two thousand five. I can remember the date. Yeah, I remember the date because I'd just broken up with my the girl who I travelled overseas to go to be in England. Yeah. So I think we went over in two thousand two. I don't even remember the date I left New Zealand. But yeah. I remember the date I did comedy. That's yeah. how much it was more important to me. Did <laughs> <laughs> that right? And then that relationship was. Uh, and then so I went over there and then lived in Liverpool for yeah. a year and that was a horrible year. Uh, they say Liverpool's a good place for a weekend and I spent a year there <laughs> and so yeah it was just people lo loving me for no reason hating me for no reason um, and then I the people I was staying with the family I was staying with was her aunties and uncles and stuff and they wouldn't even call me my name they'd call me the refugee <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of banter those places have though yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. They, that's not they're not letting that go well coming from New Zealand it was harsh but then when I realised after a year oh that's like northern English sense of humour yeah that scouse sense of humour yeah. is attacking and if you give it back then they love you yeah but when you're going over there green like I was like 21 or something like that coming from New Zealand and hadn't even I think I've been to Australia once that was the most you know multicultural yeah. thing I used to just think that everyone in England talks like they were from East End the East End and that was all the accents that there were yeah um, and then going to Liverpool where I couldn't really understand what they're talking about and oh it's it's uh, it, was, it was good it was really good learning and it was you know Anyway, so I did that, and then went down to Bristol for a bit, and then me and my girlfriend at the time, we broke up, and then she, I was working in radio at the time, and she didn't even want me to do that, because she thought that was a fickle industry, yeah. so I couldn't tell her that I wanted to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so I just basically, um, anyway, we went separate ways, and then I was like, kind of just had this moment, I was like, I can do anything I want. Yeah. I can, I can you got off the shackles. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I was like, okay, well... I'll give myself, me and my mate, um, uh, James, we went and did, uh, like, a, we signed ourselves up for an open mic. Or we yeah. We like, a new act. Comp we didn't know it was a competition. We thought it was just, like, on the night. Like, oh, everyone everyone on the night is, like, too, what is it called? Uh, yeah, anyone, you can't have been doing comedy for more than a year. Yeah. And so, and we're like, oh, that's perfect. We'll just do that night. It'll be fine. Anyway, so we gave ourselves three months, six minutes. They gave us the list, and it was at the Bath Comedy Cabin, um, and it was Jeff Whiting, he does like murder yeah, control yeah, gigs and no, stuff, yeah. and he, he was sort of running this sort of heat of this competition, and they they didn't do like a running order, they just did like a, um, <laughs> they just did a, uh, <laughs> they did a alphabetical order, Yeah. and so I was last, I was oh, yeah. Rado, so I was last. So headlining, <laughs> yeah, first gig. gig, and then um, I did the gig. I don't remember anything about it, but I I remember going well. Yeah, I remember going. And I had mates in the audience, and I, I and I since know that that's probably not a good idea to have your mates in the first one you do. Yeah, um, but it worked out, and I did well, and it was fine. It's not no, it's not usual that people go well in the first gig. Yeah, yeah. It's, I I did it, and I I I thought. Since looking back, if I had gone bad, I probably would have stopped there and then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I, I I did it, and it was a it was a competition on the night again. I didn't know yeah. it was competition. I brought one me because uh, I didn't want the abuse. Yes. You know. Yeah. And uh, 
and I rewrote a whole set that day because I was terrified and yeah. I, I won it on the night yeah. but mainly because I had a panic attack on stage and they thought it was part of the act oh, wow. I seized up and I, was, I carried on really <laughs> fast and, uh, and I fucking loved it and yeah. they thought it was I think they thought there was something wrong with me yeah but uh, yeah but that's what yeah so it's interesting if you had a, oh. if you had a bond on your first time would you oh, no doubt because I didn't want to do it for a job I just wanted to do it to say a, a to, for a story to tell down the pub. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted time. to do once. Yeah, and just go, oh, I did it once, and then just go and then tell that story, and then that's it. Yeah. I just got this experience. You're a hero at the pub. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for that two minutes yeah. or whatever, whatever that story was. And then, so that was fine. And then the next day, I got a phone call from, I got a phone call from Jeff Whiting, who was running the pub, and he goes, and I was, I think I was, I don't know why I was with my ex-girlfriend. I think we were just, I think I was having lunch with her or something. I was probably handing something back to her or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a, a phone call. Uh, and it was, he said, do you want to do a gig in Exeter the next day? Where's, how far away is Exeter's that? like an hour and a bit from oh, where yeah. I was. So maybe an hour and a half. <coughs> yeah. And then I said, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> And then that was it. I was yeah. And then that was I hung up. And then she called him back and said he'll do it. He's gonna do it. And I and I was like okay. And then she drove me down there. Yeah. And so I think she was kind of like hearing me talk about how good it went. Yeah. She's probably going, oh maybe I've made a bad decision. You know, like you know. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden TV. going okay yeah. yeah. And then um. Anyway, went down to Exeter and it was it was okay. It was fine. But the first one was so good. Yeah. The first one was, and the second one was fine. It was okay. Yeah. The third one, I was like, I'm, I'm pretty good at this comedy <laughs> situation. I'm just gonna write a new set, and I, I got pissed with my mates. Um, we went to the, uh, the sun, I think the Sunrise Pub down the, down the road on Oster, on Melbourne Road in Bristol, with my Club Fifty Five uh, flatmates, and we got just so drunk. And we just wrote this new seven-minute set. Yeah. And we thought it was just the, the greatest thing in the whole entire world. Uh, went to do it at the Bath Comedy Cabin. Died on my ass. Like, absolutely. I just, Halfway through the set, I forgot I forgot what it was because it, it was brand new. Yeah. And I finished the set by going, I promise I'll be funnier next time. <laughs> and people just, there was like three people. <laughs> and there was a hundred people who were like that clapping me off then I went to the bar and then the MC came on and said that's the best uh, that's the best death I've ever seen where someone apologises yeah. and uh, that, they promised that they'll do better that's humble <laughs> that's a nice way of doing it because if you, if you have a bad gig you're like I just need to get over here now. I just yeah and I yeah. just and he, and he even said like if you didn't try and push on I said yeah because I forgot all my stuff I, <laughs> I had nothing to say and I couldn't even go to my old stuff because it was like, what? That's that's also new stuff. Yeah. And so, um, and anyway, after that, these two twins, these twin girls, came up to me, and they, uh, they were like, "We really want to hear the rest of the story. What was the story?" When I finished the story, and then the MC because it was at the break at the time, he saw that these twin um, semi-attractive girls came up to me and wanted to know the rest of the story, and then he goes. 
Welcome to comedy, son. Uh, Even when you're really shit. <laughs> a couple it of has, twins. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah. an effect. And I was like, okay, all right. And then, but then I was like, I was going to give up because I died of death. It was a horrible, yeah. I, I, I even, I was like, nah, that's it. That would have done me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was, at, in my head, I'd signed out. Yeah. But then I think about three or four days later, I got a phone call uh, from the competition I did, the first competition, the yeah. first day, first gig. And I'd made it through to the semi-finals of the uh, So You Think You're Funny competition, oh, which yeah. is one of the biggest UK competitions, yeah, yeah, yeah. where Peter Kay and Eddie Izzard and a whole bunch of other people have won yeah. and gone on to bigger thing, better, bigger and better things. And so they said, it's in about two weeks' time or something, you got to go up there and you've got to be performing in front of 400 people. I think Julian Cleary was the judge. Hal Cruttenden was the yeah. was the MC. Um and then I thought, oh, I'd better do another, I'd better do some warm-up shows. Yeah. I did one gig in Bradford-upon-Avon, and it was like a wedding, I think. It was like, a, it wasn't a wedding, but it was like a marquee outside. Yeah. And there was a guy, a comedian called Jeff Norcott, who said it was the funniest thing he's ever seen, because he knew the story beforehand of how I, I bombed on my ass. Yeah. And he said the first five minutes of my set, I was monotone looking down at the floor telling my jokes and then as they started to laugh I grew in confidence and he said by the end of it I was walking around the stage I was gesturing and I was just like you know going all this thing and then he just said it was amazing to see the you know how confident you grew and he says but you should just start like that yeah and I was like okay cool and so I did that ended up going to the competition doing well in the competition I was like there's like 10 acts on and I was like the best on the night yeah and then this guy called Tom Allen came on like oh, yeah. second to last and he ended up winning the heat and yeah. he ended up winning the whole competition yeah and so there was like a wild card thing so I had to stick around for a couple of days just in case that I got called up I didn't get called up and here's the reason why is because the year that that happened I'm trying to remember everyone, but it was, um, so in that year, there was a guy called Charlie Baker, um, Stuart Goldsmith, um, uh, Rob Broderick, who does like a lot of stuff with Ricky Gervais now, Yeah. Um, Sarah Milliken, <laughs> Fucking hell. and uh, who's the, um, uh, Kevin Bridges, <laughs> and... <laughs> And Tom Allen won it. Yeah. Tom Allen won it, and I think Kevin Bridges, I don't even think, placed, I think. And wow. then, yeah, Char- and, and, but Sarah Milliken got like second, and it was just like the, all these people we sell at O2 Arenas yeah. and stuff now. Yeah. And I was like, kind of going, all right. And then, but off the back of that, I just got gigs because yeah. they saw me and they were like, oh, he's good, and you know, and, and just up in Edinburgh and all that kind of stuff. But the first two, three years, I think I did like maybe 14 gigs. Yeah. In the first two years. And then I went up to Edinburgh again. I got roped in. Um, uh, a couple of mates wanted to go to Edinburgh to do it properly. And they said, oh, we're going to do a thing called international stand-up. We've got an English person. We've got an Australian. Oh, did I hear it? Yeah. yeah. And then, so can we have a, ki- we have a Kiwi? And yeah. Then, yeah, whatever. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Anyway, <coughs> I did it. And um, just as a holiday, just to see some shows. Yeah. But I did like 30 gigs and about 21 days yeah and I did as, I did twice as many gigs I've ever done in my life and by the end of it I was I was good like, yeah I was like yeah, oh yeah, this yeah, is good and then I was like oh if I'm, I want to do this I've got to do it like properly yeah and so then from 2007 I would say is when I started like okay the, this is more than just the story down at the pub this is 
you know, I'm, I'm just making a little bit of money. Yeah. It's almost semi-professional. And then 2009, I think I turned professional. And then 2009, I turned professional. It wasn't until 2013 where I could say that I was making a living. <laughs> yeah. But you're since still, 2013, it's been... What was you were still working in radio, were you? Uh, yes. Digging yeah, I was still working in radio until 2009. And I got fired because I was doing too many late-night gigs. Uh, and I was doing breakfast radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like... I just wasn't good at that job. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I, and I hated it as well. Because when you find comedy and you can talk about anything... And, yeah. no, and it's just you're the boss. Yeah. And, you're, and when you're in radio, writing for other people... And then they a don't do the jokes how you put them to to them, and b yeah, there's just so many other different things you got to do like emails you got to send and health admin, and safety form admin yeah. and things reams of paper that you got to give to the and make other people look good. Uh, early mornings, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it sucks. But um, but I had some shocking. The worst gig I did over there was. Um, oh, so you had them quite early. So when you turned, uh, is this when you turned pro or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, mm, no, I think it was probably when I was maybe 2008, so I was still in Bristol. Yeah. So I went in a car ride with a guy called Kev F, who um, does this, I think you can do, see it online, he does this sock puppetry, he did this show in Edinburgh, it was quite big, and it was, um, yeah, it was like sock puppets, like Edinburgh sock puppets or something yeah. like that. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and he's got this one amazing bit. Uh, because I can't remember what it's called, but he's got this amazing bit. And anyway, if you, if you Google Kevf, you'll be able to find it. And then the other guy in the car was, who was opening was a guy called John Richardson, uh, who's now, of, like, you know... In, he's pretty yeah, 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 cats, and he's a huge, huge, uh, huge star. And we went from Bristol, and we went to the most... So, southwest town in Wales you can go and yeah. it took us like I can't remember the name but it was like kind of I can't even remember what it, what it was called but it was a Thursday night or a Wednesday night and we drove we left at like 2pm and we got there at the gig started at 8 we got there at 10 to 8 and so it was almost like a 5 and a half hour drive Yeah, and it was in a nightclub uh, and it was like a proper like disco floor, disco hall ceiling. There was seven people uh, in the show and in, in the crowd. The crowd. Um, I was I was playing the guitar at the time. I was doing guitar um, jokes and I was deadpan as well. So I deadpan guitar, and then I remember we were on the dance floor as the stage and then they put chairs on the dance floor as well. So yeah. they were just like it was that was the show. And then I John Richardson went on first. No, Kev F. Kev F was the MC. He did okay. I went on in the middle to close out the thing. And then um, I they didn't hit like a DI thing for my guitar, but it's okay, there's only seven people here, I'll just play it normally. I went to change the microphone stand, but got my finger like caught in something. It was whether it was a screw or something like that. And I really cut myself like quite badly yeah. to the point where I was bleeding. Yeah. And I didn't have like the nouse or the thing to go, oh, you know, make this into a bit, 
barman can over plaster or yeah. all that kind of stuff and try and work it into the set. So I just try to cover it off and I was just like having to suck my finger. But I also realised that half of my set is me playing the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got my like finger fingering finger, for lack of a better term, uh, is the one that's cut, my full finger. And then I was kind of like, alright, so now it's time to play a song. And so I started playing the song, and bearing in mind, none, nothing's going well. Yeah. It's, I'm dying. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, the song, at least I'll get a round of applause at the end. <laughs> and then I started playing the song, but as I was playing the song and singing the song and trying to do comedy, like blood was just dripping yeah. on the dance floor, like pooling on the dance floor. I just image of it just squirting every just, time you... But because no one else is, like, really laughing and in between the bits where I'm not playing, you can hear the drip of blood on the dance floor. It's like this this like plop type thing and it's getting quite like to the point where it's quite it's really distracting for everyone yeah like for me for the thing but because I'm new to comedy I'm not even referencing it yeah I'm just like keep going mate keep doing your time this is what they want <laughs> and then I finish and then um, <laughs> I finish and then there was just again like just sort of weird claps and then I go, I, I just go, see you later, uh, that's it. And then Kev F comes on with like this big ream of yeah. like tissue. Yeah. And then he comes on uh, and then says, I'll never forget it. He wipes it up and he goes, well, let's hope he doesn't have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a southwestern town in, uh, in Wales that will probably remember that gig. Uh, and it's only this, only... It's only now where I can say I can safely say to them, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have AIDS, and it was just a cut from the thing. And, did, when that happened, know. did he get a laugh when he came back on? Yeah. Oh, right, so the crowd. The so crowd. it's not the crowd's fault. Yeah. It, yeah, the crowd were purely my fault. Oh, my. John Richardson went on after the break, and smashed it. Yeah. Did great because he went around the town, and he goes, I know what this gig is. And he just went around the town and he wrote like four or five minutes of just stuff that he'd seen yeah. around the town. Yeah. And he says he does that, he did that because he, it's good for writing practice for him. Yeah. But also he says it just kind of makes you, it, it makes you become one of them. Yeah. And so he's like, I know this town. And then the next time you're in that town, you've got four or five minutes. Oh, is the so-and-so still here? Or, you know, yeah. I remember when I was last here, I went to yeah. the Greg's or Baker's and they, this happened and you've got five, six, seven minutes on local and he said sometimes when I go to a local stuff John was saying it would be so funny and so good that I'll just do it in my show in other places We're halfway through uh, this was a natural break in the chat as I said my dog uh, was making too much noise he was getting angsty and he dug a massive hole in the ground before uh, before my feet, which I nearly fell in, so uh, I had to put him into the car. So apologies for the distractions and the wind, uh, but I hope you're enjoying it. Now we're going to move in to the second part of the podcast, where he is back in New Zealand, and we talk about uh, gigging here and doing TV warm-up gigs. Uh, we both did those for a while, so enjoy. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was my English worst. That was gig. the worst gig in England, was it? The worst gig. Ah, uh, I mean, I probably had more. There was one where there was this guy on coke, 
in the front row and it was like a lineup show it was like one in the morning and he'd just been heckling everyone for like five acts in a row and I think I was six out of like ten as well yeah. so I was in the middle and it was one thing that I learnt I got a really good line out of it accidentally which was um, I went up and he heckled me and I said mate you've been heckling all these acts this whole time and I just went hands up everyone here who wants this guy to stay yeah. and then no one puts a hand uh, up including that guy and then he and then I go look even you don't didn't put your hand up you don't even want to be here and then everyone like clapped and cheered yeah. and then he got kicked out and yeah. then it was and then it was fine and then you become a hero because yeah. this thing but it's a, if anyone's listening that's a really good one if you but you can only use that as your last resort yeah. like that's a that's a because I tried to do it in Wellington just recently and it was a little bit too early and yeah. it didn't get that hero sort of status. It was kind of yeah, like... He's okay. He's yeah, only, well, well it wasn't like... It was like if he had left, everyone would have gone, thanks. Yeah. But it wasn't to the point where everyone was so pissed off with him that yeah. it was the right thing to do. So it was kind of like, yeah, he's annoying, but that's a bit mean. And Wellington's a bit, I don't know, they're a bit uh, sensitive. <laughs> I, had, I, had some, I had similar stuff where I got people kicked out. Mm. Uh, I've done similar uh, things with the audience. Like, no one wants you to be. Do you want him to be here? Yeah. Everyone say fuck off. And they all yeah. say fuck off. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, but I've had the other side where you just said it was. I think I told you this. It was Dunedin a few years ago, and it was an inch bar. Uh, so it's Kohai and people yeah. just coming in, putting money in a bucket. And uh, and it was it was packed, but a guy walked in, and it was because that's in the kind of student area, so we could have been under the influence of something. Yeah. But he came in and he walked right up to my face while I'm on stage, yeah. uh, and I'm like, yeah, I took it as a threat. I'm like, what the fuck? What do you want? What's yeah. going on? I goes, if you get out, go, move. Yeah. Anyone want them to go? And they were like, he just wants to see the show. <laughs> I'm like, well, not from one inch from my yeah, face, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there was a moment where they were all like, "Give him a chance. Yeah. He's just wants to come in to see the show." I'm like, but he's in my space. This is nuts. But yeah, I had to. Then I had to re- change tact and go. Well, someone get him a chair. Give him a chair. Yeah, sitting yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But I was standing there going, "Yeah, maybe I addressed that wrong." And then I'm also thinking, he could have stabbed me. Oh, <laughs> you know, easily. Yeah, it's like, fucking nuts, man. Especially, yeah, because you're in a place called the Inch Bar. You didn't think he was going to take it. <laughs> you know, it's not one inch from my face bar. You... Yeah, <laughs> it was fucking right there. But yeah. Oh, mate, because imagine in America or yeah. somewhere like, you know, where something like that happens. But um, so that was, yeah, so, but I think the worst New Zealand gig, there's been some pretty but terrible when you, when you came back from when you came back from the UK, yeah. you, you came, I, just, I remember when you came back, you came back, uh, you came back bulletproof because you came back from gigging in the UK yeah. and it was you know, you're this hero this uh, prodigal son wherever comes back and you're hosting the classic and everybody was like oh my god no one else hosts like him oh really yeah it was such really? a weird experience uh, really I was, I was kind of fresh at the time yeah I've seen I've seen MCs yeah. Uh, but yeah you came back with all these not tricks but this style and mm. and uh yeah, and it was fascinating. I don't know what you ho- you hosted one of those Labor Day things or whatever. Oh it was. yeah, where like uh, where the newish, like yeah, the, the sort of the up and coming, the good, the good up and comers. Yeah, the yeah, reliable yeah. ones. Yeah, that Scott would give the, it's like the next Friday level. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was on that. Uh, I was on. Yeah, I think you I, were. I was on two. I was on one with Ursula hosting as well. Yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was that one, and you you did the. Uh, 
the uh, oh, the, the stylophone thing, <laughs> and yeah, and it was. I just remember all the comedians on the balcony going, like similar to what I said, watching Lee bring out the guitar and oh, play songs. I was yeah. like, fuck, that just changed. <laughs> he's doing this shit now. He's doing jokes. He's playing with people, and then he's doing this stuff. Yeah, right. It was, uh, yeah, so it was amazing to see oh, thanks, when, when you when you when you come back with that level of skill. I said it before, like coming back from Melbourne. Yeah, I think me and Luke Callahan came back after doing so many gigs yeah. and late night gigs where people are asleep in the ground yeah, and stuff. Yeah, And Dave Corios turning around, going, "Fucking hell, you two are yeah. sharp." But yeah. then you come back and you do an open mic to five people. Yeah. Yeah. And me, and you lose the sharpness. But yeah. uh, so I, I'm quite surprised that you'd come back from the UK and have a bad gig here. I've seen another one where you oh. are you were hosting a Sunday in the comedy festival a few years ago. Yeah, I think I told you about this as well. Yeah. And it was a Sunday, and it was it, it was such a fucking shit crowd. Right. And you walked out, and it was cold. Yeah. Uh, and you won them over. But I remember I was sitting down the back with my girlfriend at the time, going. I don't think I, I don't think I could have done that. Oh I really? Think, I think oh I would have well. Panicked at how quiet they were on a Sunday, just going, all right. Yeah. Make us laugh. <laughs> yeah. Know? And then you you got them. I don't know if you remember that gig. No. Most a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of others bombed on the on the gig. Oh like, wow. Yeah, it was a shocking it was a shocking fucking gig to go to. Oh. But, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I um. It's interesting because I've never really heard that because I, I I obviously came back. I just thought everyone hated me because I got. I was hosting, you know. I was just yeah. Like, I got nominated for the Billy T and all that. Kind of <laughs> so I just, thought, I just sort of get my head down and try to. But I learned a lot from Jared Christmas. Yeah. Who has got that kind of like crowd work and stuff, and 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 also just not being afraid and just if and Daniel Kitson as well. Like I would watch him and he would just I remember him late and live one time. He's got a famous one where he was at late and live and. Um, there was someone in the front row and he looked a bit depressed and he said, oh mate, what's what's happening mate? You look a bit depressed. And he's like, oh, no, I'm all good. And he goes, no mate, come on, we, we can cheer you up. And he's just like, oh, you know, what, you know, what's your hopes, what's your dreams, you know? Have you ever, you know, been over, have you ever been overseas, you know, or anything like that? And he yeah. goes, no, I've never, never left, you know, um, Scotland or whatever. He goes, oh, okay. And he goes, um, would you like to? He goes, yeah, 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 I think. I'll. He goes, when are you, so what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm unemployed at the moment, so, you know, I'm just a bit down. And then he turned this whole show into a whip around to get him flights to go somewhere oh, yeah. in Europe. Yeah. Because, you know, there's like, you know, they had the Ryanair that you could get yeah. like one pound one flights pound, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he was on the web, on his phone on the website going, <coughs> Uh, there's a two pound flight to Prague and then he goes nah I don't want to go <laughs> and then so it was like, made this thing like, mate you, we're paying you a flight and yeah. so it just became and a whip this, around for two pound as well whip around and then a whip around and then um, they said oh, well, we need, he'll need some spending money and all that kind of stuff he ended up getting like three or four hundred quid and he said uh, he said um, you're going to fly there tomorrow in the morning yeah and then you're going to come back that same day and you're going to come to the gig yeah. the next night yeah. and you're going to tell us what happened. You want, you want us to bring us a souvenir to prove that you've been, been back. Yeah. And then that was the show. Yeah. The next Late and Live was sold out that night. Wow. The same people yeah. want to go, were yeah. like, oh, I've got to go. I don't even know what this is. Yeah. But I'm going to go <laughs> see if that guy comes back. He yeah. came back the next night and, he, and like, yeah, he got like this fridge magnet yeah. from Prague or whatever and he just talked about whatever... 
and he's like going, would you go again? He goes, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite a homebody kind of thing. But it was just this amazing experience. experience. Yeah. But from that, I was just like, there's nothing, there's nothing you can't do. Yeah. And there's nowhere you can't go. And we're so afraid of like chatting to people and going and, and, and seeing if they've got a, a joke for the job that they do. Yeah. When there's just, they, they will give something to you. And if it's in the moment and if it's in, if it's natural, people will go with it. Mm. And if, and you will, you've, I've seen you do this many times where you like, oh, I was going to do material, but all of a sudden now this show is about, you know, this, this mad, this mad person in the front row, or yeah. couple, or whatever. I love when that happens because yeah. you don't have to do material. Yeah, that's it, and then it becomes a life to you. Material. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. man. But I think looking back at that now, like, yeah, I was always, always just trying to get better at stuff. I always use all those things though as like a tool in my tool belt. Like none of it is. Um, I try not to sit on things. Like for at the moment now, I was like trying to write a new hour is my new sort of yeah new goal new goal and so for me it's like the difficult second album for me is, yeah. is, is my new thing and so I'm that was pretty you, much your greatest hits the fourth album oh, 15 a, years you're not beating that yeah 15 <laughs> years of all of my like 15 years of jokes that have been crafted yeah. like you know over the years no, there's no situation where I have not told that joke yeah. and and know where the weaknesses are know where the j- joke is yeah and so and and it was an hour yeah. <laughs> for 15 years. So now I'm like doing this new hour and it's uh, it's only three months old and it's good, it's really good. And I'm so I'm like even surprised that I could get in three months, I could get an hour together, yeah. like just time-wise, but, and let alone funny and you know, all that kind of stuff. But you do have to go to another level and then now I'm excited to record this album because I want to know what I'm going to talk about the next. Because yeah. in my own mind, I'm like, I'm going to have to go real either yeah. I'm going to say stuff that I just have to say yeah because uh, there's nothing I've, I've talked about everything else yeah and I feel like that's where you would like Bill Burr and Chappelle and all those kind of people that are huge uh, you know if you've been going for years and years and years it's not till like their second third fourth album that they're like oh here we go now we found it now yeah. we found it yeah so it's just about keeping going but it's just about trying to push yourself and it is hard it's, hard. it's so hard like, I hate it like on this last three months I've just been you have days where like this is the greatest thing I've ever done like why didn't I do this earlier to the next one is like I don't think I should do comedy anymore <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst thing are you still doing open mics a uh, little bit I'm now I'm doing I'm in the festival oh, so that is, my, that is my yeah. open mic yeah, so, yeah. that was um, Dunedin for us as well yeah. oh Dunedin was like when I did that show in Dunedin I was like to see that what it was then and what it is now is completely different but I needed Dunedin to happen for it to get to yeah. the, the shape that it's in now and when I tour I'm going to tour it around the rest of the country um, throughout uh, yeah the rest of the year and maybe next year too and it's just going to get you know better and better yeah. but it's yeah it's just I don't know comedy is so hard <laughs> <laughs> even when you've been doing years and years and years it's kind of like I don't know. It's good to know that I from, I did a corporate on Tuesday. I did my new hour, and then I did the corporate of just greatest hits. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, this is fine. This yeah. This is good. That's good. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And it was a nice sort of, didn't have to think about it. I was a bit tired as well, so I was just like, oh, this is fine. Just go autopilot. Autopilot. Whereas <laughs> this new hour, there's a couple of times where if I get the things in the wrong order, yeah. it, I don't know, I, I lose the whole where I am. Yeah. Like what I'm doing. And... Um, 
and you over explain stuff the jokes get less and less funny and, yeah but yeah but um well, it's interesting you say that about coming back but oh it was, it was yeah. definitely noticed alright like oh it's probably different now but uh yeah it was just playing like people in MC every MC did kind of the same stuff mm. and uh, a bit of chatty chatty or just get straight into material mm. but yeah you you did do that you, you tried to make a, an event of if you found if you if you got a, a bite yeah, and you're like oh fuck it. we're going here yeah. and you could and you could see it in your face as well you could, you'd, you know you do your stuff and yeah. you know you'll MC and you'll do material but yeah. if you got that little tug yeah. you're like fuck yeah. let's, let's have fun well that's how I met my wife Oh, that's right, yeah. Because she was at the show where one of those happened. It was because, I'll tell the story, like the guy, it was a stag do, a hen's night, and a, and a, a parents with a guy, a kid, like 18 year old kid called Billy in the front row. And it was just like, one of those nights was just like, this, this is terrible, really. Like in terms of an MC, you're like, yeah. there's so many elements here. Yeah. There was, you know, the huge, Male stag like stag doing a huge hen night, and they're at the back yeah, as well. So they were like, them. yeah. So if they started talking or whatever, and it was just one of those things. And I remember talking to the front row, like going to stag do first, going to hen's night, and it was like, oh, it was okay, it's fine. And there's like, okay, what's the situation here? Um, and then the dad was um, saying, oh, we're here with our son. Um, and he was 18 and then uh, I said oh you're not you know what 18 you should be you know should be at home out, out partying you know get the girlfriend around all that kind of stuff and then his dad sort of scoffed and laughed at him and said Ugh, he wouldn't have a girlfriend or something yeah. like that or some sort of line like that yeah. and everyone just was like oh and then I was like and then that was that cat, like, my eyes lit up and I was like oh we can't have like just purely for mental health reasons we can't have this guy who's going oh yeah Billy you, you know whatever <laughs> So I just was like, you know what, stuff that, like, you know, that kind of thing. And so I was sort of thinking about it uh, on stage. And then I just sort of said, all right, I know that stag dudes have a list of achievements they've got to do. And Hen's like a list of achievements they've got to do. How can I get Billy to be this hero? And it's like, um, and I said uh, to the stag dude, oh, that's right. Because beforehand, that's what I did. Because I chatted to the stag dude. And I said, what's the, some of the things you got to do? Oh, we've got to get a bra from, you know, whatever yeah. like that. Um, and then the hen's night, well, what's your list of achievements? The hen's night was a bit more quiet. They were like, oh, you know, nothing. We just got to, you read know. a book. Yeah, read a book or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, have a spa. And like, get cucumbers on their eyes or something. <laughs> but then when I chatted to Billy and then the father, I was like, oh, okay. And then I just, something in my brain just clicked. I was just like, here's what's going to happen. Stag do, you're going to um, get that bra hen's night you're going to give the bra to the stag do but here's the thing billy is going to collect it and then they were like, yeah. like that. and then the hen's <laughs> night and then i think it was the hen he she came out she got, like was like yes this is great she walked back around to the classic toilets um the disabled toilet and then billy <laughs> went and <walked laughs> followed it and then everyone was like chanting his name yeah. and I was like going oh and I just I remember going wouldn't it be funny if I'd brought on the next act right now <laughs> and like you know we didn't conclude it yeah. and then anyway so 
the woman comes back, she's giggling and she's like holding herself, like, you know, go running back to the thing. And Billy hasn't come back and we're like, and then they started chanting his name. Yeah. They're like, Billy, Billy, like that. He comes out and he holds the bra up above his head like it's like a, a like a UFC belt. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just yeah. like parading it around. The champ. The champ, the champ has returned. And it was just like, whoa. Everyone just was like, oh my gosh, how is this? And then... Uh, he sat down no words needed to be said like that you know it was just like this was fine and then I remember going ladies and gentlemen you guys ready for your headline act (laughs) and then like I think it was like Andrew Clay or someone like that who came on afterwards and was like how do you follow that yeah like I'll be like I'll be fuming with me if I if I if they'd done that before me yeah and then um, but my wife was in the audience that night and she was just like she and then that's when she said oh um she, she approached me and she was just like, oh, I've got to meet up with this guy. And then, uh, yeah, and Every then that was it. Like that. And do you know what the funny thing is? I've just realized our youngest daughter is called Billy. So how full circle is that? Oh, wow. You didn't yeah, even realize that. I didn't that. even realize that. Billy's a great name. Like, yeah, yeah, Billy's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah. But that was... Um, that was that. But there's been some terrible gigs. The worst gig I did was... Yeah, t- what's the worst one in New Zealand? worst one in New Zealand was TV warm-up for Red Nose Day. And oh, I've done that. Yeah. It's horrible. And it was uh, at the Q Theatre, and he had to go in... I think it was about 9.30 at night. It was almost like a telethon-type yeah. style, and you have to go on between the adverts and stuff and get people going. There's industry people in there. They hate you. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh, this is the worst. And I remember doing my jokes on stage and I was halfway through a joke and so what's supposed to happen is the the, the side of stage person's supposed to go you got four minutes here yeah um, and then uh, tell you when there's like a minute to go or 30 seconds to go yeah and they come on stage and they, even if you're in the middle of a bit they sort of tap you on the show and go, oh, we'll go, I'll finish that bit later yeah we're, we're about to come back we're in a pause all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah anyway so go on they go Nick you've got to fill for 10 minutes <clears throat> And I'm pretty new at this stage as well. Yeah. I'm like kind of, I can riff and stuff, but it's you know the ten minutes of banter uh, of material was quite was quite a, a lot considering I'd done a lot previous. Did ten minutes. I was about five five minutes in, and then I sort of looked at my watch and I've got five minutes to go. I oh, know I'll tell this really long story. Yeah. You know, um, and and it'll, that'll kill the time. And it's also a really funny, funny bit. So I get like a minute into it. And I'm not seeing anything from the stage person, so I'm like, okay, this is fine. And then uh, they cut, uh, I don't know if they went like on a break or something like that, or they just stitched me out. But, um, and then they, not only did they come in, they cut into me, like doing this joke, and like going, oh, you know, trying to be funny. There was like this projector of the what was going on on TV, and it was an advert of this kid dying of cancer. And uh, the whole audience could see that, but I yeah. couldn't see it. So I'm just like going, you know, oh, what's the, oh, I'll get this light off me, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then go, all I can see is this light, and there's this kid dying. <laughs> they don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But they're like, you can oh, see the light too. Oh, they can see the light too. Anyway, I turn around, I see what's happening, and then I'm just like, oh no, like that, and I sort of go like this, and I sort of go into this like forward dive roll almost oh. to kind of like to show how you know how embarrassing this is, but this has been like they, it was on TV, yeah, that it was like going, like yeah. it was like, um, so I've sort of had to dive roll and then sort of like kind of almost 
army crawl off yeah. stage while the presenters come on and go, oh, anyway, uh, you know, that was Timmy, uh, donate and all this oh, kind of God. stuff. And so it was just, it was horrific. And it was like, but it was like, they just didn't even say anything. They just didn't even do anything. You're just like, okay, Nick, we need to go after, after this. Sorry about that. I just had to go to the toilet or whatever. Uh, so after this, you're going to have to do another 10 or yeah. whatever. And you're just like, there's just no empathy. They don't treat you when you warm up. Job. It's a thankless job. They don't treat you with, as that you're part of the, like, I don't even know. Like you're the, you're like a cleaner. Yeah, you you're know? worse than a cleaner. You're worse than a cleaner. Because well, at least, yeah. At least people have been trained to be polite to cleaners. Yeah. But the warm-up people, they just do an amazing job. And then they go, okay, thanks, mate. Can you do another warm-up for us, actually? You know? And then sometimes, like, they'll be on a show and they'll be like, they'll need a comedian. A comedian's pulled out last minute. And they yeah. go, do you know a comedian that could come in last minute? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here and everyone's just here. telling jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not? I got the laughs. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The laughs for you. Yeah, the ones that you're going to replace yeah. the ones on the show aren't good enough. <laughs> I, I did warm up for a bit. I did that show as well. I didn't have that, thank fuck. I had Harvey Norman corporate in the front row. Oh, yeah. So I, I got away with I don't know how many minutes of just going, can you ever just be quiet? Yeah. Would you all just walk around yeah. the office shouting at each other? Yeah. And I, because I just came from sales repping. Yeah. I remember what the guy who, the manager of one of the Harvey Normans, he had a moustache uh, before they came back yeah. and he had a moustache when it wasn't Movember. Yeah. So I kind of just ripped into him. He yeah. wasn't there, but they all knew who he was and they kind of got away with it. Yeah. But it was that where, because it's live TV, yeah. they're like, yeah. Uh, all right, Alan, out. And yeah. you're just a fucking dog. Out, yeah. in, yeah. out. Yeah. And I, I I, was okay with it then, but as it went on, my way I quit doing it was eight hours of warm-up. Yes. Uh, and it was it was Jono and Ben. They were doing yeah. this uh, game show thing, and it was they needed eight hours of warm-up, but yeah. I think I told you this before. Uh, in the first four hours, it was two different audiences. So the first four hours, I got away with it because yeah. I found a guy who looked and dressed like a character from a... A 1990s teenage yeah, show yeah, yeah. California Dreaming or something yeah. or Saved by the Bell Saved one of those them, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he also looked like MC or he looked like Vanilla Ice yeah. so we got the band playing music and yeah, that no. and we kind of got away we, well we did get away with it yeah. but then the audience changed and we were sponsored by Ge- Georgie Pie yeah. so the only food was Georgie Pie and that's yeah, you're not getting yeah, energy yeah, from yeah, yeah, from yeah, the Georgie yeah, Pie yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was a heat wave so there was yeah. industrial fans yeah. and then the whole new audience came in and I'm yeah. clutching I'm like does anyone here look like anyone from the 90s does anyone want to you know anyone want to get up and dance and yeah. I just I hated it then yeah. like I got a gig I got a warm up gig last year for the do- for the puppy the dog show oh and yes yeah yeah. And my mate was a uh, was uh, producing the show and he said you might want to do this and at the time we were in lockdown I went I need to take every yeah, job I can get sure, yeah. I'll take it and it was uh, it was oh man I fucking hated it it was arena seating uh, there was an audience here audience here audience here it was a Sunday yeah. and there was kids in the crowd yeah. and it was a, I hadn't done warm up for so long yeah. like you Alan out yeah. And you go, hey, how's it going? Yeah. And you, if you focus on one crowd, they're yeah, not interested. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I asked, I started asking, uh, who has a dog, makes a noise, yay. Mm. What type of dog have you got? And then the girl's a German pointer. I'm like, jeez, you can't, that's a bit controversial, isn't it? Like made a kind of Nazi <laughs> joke. And there's a couple of laughs over there, but then there was a few other people that were like, no, this isn't happening, <laughs> you're not. And I'm like, 
All right. Uh, yeah. Crunching the straws and then yeah. I stopped doing it. Yeah. yeah. I and it was you know in the beginning it was bad because obviously you you know you're turning down money but the end of the day then you just you become the warm up person and then you don't sort of go onto that next level and uh, there's you know it's there's really good people doing it and and it's a great a great job but yeah it's like any job if you're mentally not okay with it yeah if you're mentally not there. Um, then it, uh, you have to get out. Yeah. And I think, I and mean, for a while, for like two, three, two, three, four years, it was I was really fine with it. it yeah, was good. I it did. Was, I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. seven yeah. days, and I enjoyed having a laugh and yeah. making friends and, and mm. doing that. But when I got to those bigger gigs, but in saying what you just said there, I didn't even realise I did it. At the start, I was sitting there going, I'll write this joke, I'll do this right. joke at this point, and I'll yeah. do this joke, and I'll jump in, and I'll I, I get my claps. I have these jokes for yeah. a little laugh and a big laugh. Yeah. By the time I was finished, I was walking and going, we know we have to laugh, don't we? Yeah. So, do a little laugh, and then it kind of triggered a laugh, an actual laugh. I was like, yeah, that was a weird laugh. Yeah. And I, it was, but I was getting away with it, and I, yeah. maybe I was doing a good job, yeah. but I wasn't doing any material. I was no. walking and going, laugh, I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then someone else laughed. I'm yeah. Like, Ooh, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't, and well, then, then I didn't feel like I was into it. But I tell you one thing that's really good for it is that you do all that and that's good and you, you learn from those situations. But in our toolbox as comedians, we have to learn and go through all these really different situations so that we know how to do them, sorry, how to play them when we're in that next scenario. Yeah. So when I recorded my special, I didn't have anyone warming up for me. Yeah. I, I did my own warm up. Yeah. So I had seven or eight minutes of warm up gear that I could use. Yeah. I didn't use on the thing, but I warmed them up and they got used to my rhythm and they got yeah. like they liked me and then I got the claps and cheers and the laughs and all that kind of stuff. So it was all recorded. Then when I went back out and then um, came back out and did my special and if you if you go uh, online it's it's called on trend yeah. and um, and you listen to it you you'll hear that I get a laugh from the first thing I say because I did the warm up. Yeah. So I basically go come out and tell them exactly what's going to happen, what yeah. they're going to do. And then when I come out for the live and I do the big, you know, whatever, and I just go, hello, oh, thank you so much. That's so unexpected. And then they, <laughs> and then they laugh. Yeah. And then or, or you start the special, haven't even told a joke, you're up, you're up, you're firing. Yeah. But it's because of all that, the, the hours and hours and hours of warm-up that we did. Yeah. To be able to go, you know what? I won't. I'll save myself money by not paying someone to, you know, yeah. to to do the warm up. But also, it's it's a different rhythm. What if they smash it and they, yeah. you know, and like absolutely destroy it? Yeah. What if they stink it up and then yeah. you've got to like get? There's so many. There's to have the most perfect other person warming you up. There's so many things that has to go right. Yeah. For that to 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 be beneficial to you, that I think sometimes if you can warm up yourself. Totally do it. Of course, yeah. Yeah. If the good thing about what we do is that whatever, and this I guess maybe the 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 theme or the message of the of the podcast <laughs> is, however horrendous the gig is, that's where the most learning. Oh has yeah. yeah. Whether it is, I'm not going to do warm up again, <laughs> or um, uh, or. I will address the elephant in the room when my finger is bleeding and, and leaving a pool of blood on the dance floor. Yeah. Or being the moment. Being in the moment yeah. and just going, you know what? This is a bit rubbish. It's a Sunday not. It's a Sunday yeah. crowd. Like everyone's a bit quiet. How how would I, they've done all these things and it hasn't worked? 
don't go out and do the same. Like try yeah. to try something different. Yeah. Like, even if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. They didn't. They didn't. It didn't work for them. So it's you win or you learn, and I just think that it's um, that's where you make the most learnings. And I've learned in the last three months, I've learned a lot <laughs> with this new hour. But I feel like that's uh, that's the only thing that yeah. Because there was a moment. There was a moment there for me personally where. It was about a year, especially when I was doing stuff in Australia, and I could just do the same, like the greatest yeah, hits, because yeah. it was no it's too easy. It was too e- it yeah. was, I was winning a lot, and yeah. that was good, money-wise, yeah, and potentially career-wise, because people were seeing you do stuff. But I was not writing or yeah. learning anything new, or it was just sort of you were just sort of getting pat on the back, really, yeah, for for a, a time. And so, as much as COVID has been really bad. It's actually for me. It's been really. It's been like a reminder to go. Oh, this is actually. You need to. You, you need to be out of your comfort zone. You need to learn if you're going to grow to that next level, whatever that third and fourth album is, to then really do stuff that you're not only proud of, but people will know you for. Yeah. Then that's the only way to go. But uh, yeah. But even when I say that, I still want to fast forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Just I want to skip there. I want to skip the fucking the open mics. I want to skip the Monday in front of two people. Oh, mate. Exactly. So that was Nick Rattle. I hope you enjoyed it. He is one of the hardest working comedians around, aiming to do what the biggest acts in the US do, where they force themselves to write a new hour every year. Uh, Nick's special is great. It's called On Trend. It can be found on his website. It's nickrado.com or .co. You just Google the name. Look it up. It's a great album. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you continue to enjoy it. Uh, share it. Spread it with your friends. Spread the podcast. Not your legs. Ew. COVID joke uh, relevant to last. Well, not really relevant anymore. Uh, the next one I'm going to interview. I'm going to do the interview today with uh, one of my favorite comedians and people. Tara Mahomboy. And uh, we have a great bad gig that we did together in Hamilton, New Zealand, when we opened for Jackass, the remaining members of Jackass, who at the time were struggling for money. Uh, So now I know there's a movie back out this year or next year, but this gig was absolutely mental. So myself and Taryn will tell that story and a few other stories in the meantime. But thanks again for listening again spread it with your people uh stay safe in this uh lockdown in new zealand and i'll talk to you soon bye